Hi, so welcome to the Smoke Free Podcast with Adam and Simona. And thank you so much for joining us. Today is, uh, we're recording the first episode and we're hoping not to bumble through it. But even if, it, even if we do and even if it just um, kind of comes across as how amateurish we are, at least we're doing this with the best intentions at heart. And we hope that you have a lot you can take away from this. So I'm going to quickly uh, introduce you to the show, which is basically about how to happily and healthily make the decision to stop smoking and stick with it. And here to help us do that, the one who's helping me do that for sure is Adam. Hey, Adam, say hello to our wonderful audience. How are you doing? Hi, guys. How are you? I'm great. How are you going? <laughs> I'm going to be talking through this show as just two regular folks who are sharing their experiences about smoking uh, and not smoking and quitting smoking and how to survive that and stay healthy and stick with the decision that we've made, which is so empowering. You know, Adam on one hand has been doing this for eight years now. He used to smoke for 19 and then he hasn't smoked for eight years and very successfully is uh, living a very happy and healthy life. And he's guiding people for free on how to do this in a uh, sane and balanced and uh, enjoyable manner. And I happened to meet him through the internet and now I'm one of his biggest fans. So I will gush about him, more about him later. Right now we're gonna jump straight into the episode which is gonna be about how I'm coping <laughs> with certain <laughs> fallouts of quitting smoking. So Adam, are you ready? Are you ready to do this? Am I? Uh, are you I'm, ready to let I'm me ready. Your brain? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. Thank you. Too oh, kind. Too kind. It's, it's, there's more coming ahead because I'm a huge fan. I love the work you're doing. And what I admire and respect is that you genuinely want to help people quit this terribly insidious, uh, nasty habit. And as much as I enjoyed it for 26 years, this is my third attempt at quitting smoking. And I'm Pretty sure it's my final one because I am so, so done. Uh, I think most people talk about how when they quit smoking, you know, that because it's such a, an oral fixation or whatever it is, or because it's an appetite suppressant, smokers who stop smoking mm. start eating. It doesn't help okay. that we're in lockdown mm. and we're in quarantine and we're confined to our homes. Mm. A lot of us are doing a lot less um, work, so to speak. So like there's less distraction or rather, rather there's less stuff to focus on. So we replace that with binge mm. watching television or TV series on Netflix mm -hmm. and Amazon or just watching old movies. And what do you do with your hands while you're doing all this? You keep shoving food in your face. Mm. You know, this is a common thing, right? I mean, have you heard this from people before? Did mm. you go through this? Uh Yes, I have. And I, and I guess, yes, I did. Um, and I'd say maybe, uh, well, firstly, I'd say over those 19 years I smoked, I tried to stop smoking a lot of times, uh, clearly unsuccessfully a lot of times. And I certainly experienced that, um, those times where I, you know, went for food instead of cigarettes. And I, and I think it is really common. Um, and it's, Probably, as you say, at the moment, while you know the world is in lockdown and in quarantine, it's maybe we're even more um, prone to doing that. But 
the interest the, the the interesting thing about about that is um one thing that is really interesting is people who aren't smokers are doing that at the moment as well um just because of COVID at the moment yeah. so um and, and that and that and that that is a, that's an interesting thing to look at with it as well um it, so it's a sort of a dynamic that's going on because of COVID. and it's funny someone said to me the other day oh you know i'm doing that a lot and and i and i responded sort of saying well actually you know just on the eating front i've decided to go uh walking even a little bit more and trying just to just to get out because quarantine i'm not sure quarantine in australia means uh, you can still go and do exercise. You still had to go out for a walk. So I started every time I had a meeting or something, I'd go for a walk. So I actually started losing a little bit of weight. But I also, I also just because I'm also a snacker, um, I'm, I can be bad just like everyone else like that. Um, I started having a, you know, just a little motivational thing with my son where it's say try where we're, where we're saying, okay, we're only going to snack a couple of days a week. So, but, um, so that's off to the side, but with smoking, yeah, you can look to go for food, I guess, but it's another form of replacement. Um, and it's one of the tricky things with smoking is, you know, we think we need to replace it with something. Um, so the, my first message would be with smoking and food, um, you, you don't really need to replace nicotine with food. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not one of the things that we typically will try and do or will naturally do. It's, so it's quite common. But one of the things that helped me the last time when I stopped smoking eight years ago was in that time, I knew it was about nicotine addiction and not about needing something else. So I didn't need something instead of a cigarette. What I needed to do is not take nicotine anymore and not be addicted to it so there's that differentiator helped a little bit and the other thing is though um when you are stopping smoking and if you do find yourself eating a little bit more don't be i would say don't be too worried because it is common um be aware of it um and and don't say the, the probably the my my key message would be don't um, say, well, look, I'm putting on weight, so I'll start smoking again. That's, that's, that's probably the most dangerous thing around that sort of thinking. It's better just to say, uh, I'm trying to, I'm eating more here because I'm trying to replace smoking with food and that's probably not the right way to go. Um, you know, what else can I do instead? Um, that could be a different way of looking at it or, you know, but, um, I guess the other thing I'm saying is, you know, food and snacking can happen anyway just like it is with COVID now some people are doing it just because they can't go out as much or they don't think they can so it's a, it is about a mindset as well mm-hmm. um but yeah I don't know how is it w- with you are you finding that you're doing it when you're looking for a cigarette or you're just doing it anyway because you're watching a movie um I think what I'm doing is uh perhaps first of all I quit smoking more than two months ago and when i quit initially uh i didn't go through this and i was like what are people talking about that they're like oh you're gonna get these munchies and you're gonna want to always be crunching on something or you know uh, constantly snacking Mm. and none of that happened to me Mm. i was like what are you talking about 
And uh, okay. that that said, I, I have to admit that I, I love cooking. I'm a huge uh, food geek. And um, mm-hmm. I, f- I figured mm-hmm. that, wow, with quarantine now, I have even more time to kind of, like, I don't have to rush through my cooking. I can definitely enjoy the process. But those were like main meals and, you know, maybe a little snack here and there, but not like the way people warned me that, oh, the moment you quit smoking, you're going to put on a ton of weight. You're going to be shoving food in your mouth all the time. And I didn't go through that. So maybe it's because I let my guard down a little bit. I think it's hit me a little late now. And for me, it's not about the snacking. I don't even keep snacks at home. Like I, I, I never have chips. I never have any of those typical munchy things because I wasn't kind of raised that way. And even now I only buy that mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. or I rather I used to buy that stuff when people were coming over and uh, whatever was left over. Mm-hmm. If I had a midnight craving or something, I would finish it. If I forgot it was there, I'd forget it was there. And then I'd have to like throw it out months later. So that said, what's happening right now, at least for this last week that I've noticed, and it may have something to do with the rainy weather that Bombay was experiencing mm. uh, due to a cyclone or whatever. Um, I started, I started frying stuff, man. I started just deep frying stuff and it was so <laughs> stupid. I mean, yesterday I tried to make potato chips and they were so miserably soggy. I don't know if I cut them too thick or I don't know what the problem was, but I was like, I don't, I don't even like how that tastes. And then I had something uh, left over from lunch, which is basically, uh, we call it khichdi. And it's, it's a mash of mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. kinds of lentils, rice, and spices. And it's, it's bloody delicious on its own. But because the starch content is so high, uh, when you leave it to cool, it sort of solidifies. So I had a bunch of that mm-hmm. sitting on my kitchen counter. And I said, is this deep fryable? <laughs> and I made, <laughs> I was so disappointed with the potatoes that I made little balls of that kitchen and I deep fried it. And Oh my God, was it the best thing ever. So I am slowly transforming from a Bombay girl living in India, uh, you know, born and raised Indian to uh, somebody from the deep South in America where where they basically just deep fry everything from slices of pizza to (laughs) chocolate to probably their pet dog. I don't know, man. I'm becoming that person and I'm I'm worried. I'm really scared. I'm like, what's going to happen to me? I'm already, uh, you know, um, on the dangerous side of being overweight. And I'm, I've been struggling to get that into control. Not easy when, you know, I'm, mm. I'm officially allergic to exercise. I basically love, I love uh, <laughs> doing, no, really, I break out into a rash. I love doing stuff that lets me feel like, yay, I'm moving, like mm. swimming, like walking, dancing. If I have to do it on a yoga mat at home with my cats staring at me, wow. it, it genuinely feels, you know, just bizarre. So I, I'm, I know that I'm not exercising yep. or not moving enough. And now I'm going and frying stuff. I mean, help. Just mm. help. This is, yeah, this, yeah. I don't even know if this is anything <laughs> to do with smoking anymore. But yes, you're right. Well, good the point. urge, the good urge point. does. The, the urge does put a sort of message in my mind. And then I'm like, okay, I don't want to think about it. Okay, I don't want to mm. think about something. Like, like, let's just go fry something. It's not helping. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you could, you could choose, if that was the case, you could choose to do other things other than and eating and frying. But clearly you like it. And, and sort of, and one, one thing, there's a couple things sort of going on there. Well, one honest thing is we all, from time to time, like to have more food than maybe is good for us 
for whatever reason. Okay. So it's not just giving up smoking, but, um, but the, the thing is um, what I'd say about smoking and giving up smoking and food is um, the really good thing about giving up smoking is you actually get healthier. And so it gets easier to exercise and you can actually enjoy that more. And look, if I can just reflect on my story a little bit, and this is, and maybe it's always good to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And for me, yes, there would have been times when I um, just went, oh, I just need to eat instead of smoking. But my, my, that realization that I had that, that smoking was um, just an addiction to nicotine. And I said, I just want to get healthier. And, and having been addicted to nicotine isn't helping. So I'm going to stop smoking and I'm going to start walking. And that didn't mean like whenever I felt like a cigarette, I'd go for a walk. I mean, that gets talked about, but what I, what I more meant was I wanted to more holistically focus on my health and just being healthier. And I was interested in hiking and I wanted to be able to go hiking without struggling to breathe because of, you know, um, having all this smoke and tar in my lungs. So the, the good message is, whether there's a little short-term blip of um, eating a little bit extra, just make sure that you're recognizing if it is at those times where you might've been like a direct related to a direct urge to smoke that you're just recognizing that, hang on, that's an urge to smoke, which means that's an urge to keep up my nicotine input, my nicotine addiction, and just choose not to do that. You don't, and that is ultimately nothing to do with eating. So you don't need to replace that with food, but you can have also have an outlook that's a bit longer than, than the next few months um, that shows you that, Hey, even if that there's a little blip overall, you're going to be so much healthier from not smoking. You can actually choose to do the form of exercise you like, and that will go away. And the other probably most important thing is, is that when you do stop smoking and you continually have that mindset of realizing it's nicotine addiction and when it comes you choose to do what you want to do which might be to eat but doesn't need to be more more realistic realistically means just choosing not to have nicotine not to smoke then over time that feeling will go away and that's one of my big messages is i always wanted to know when I was a smoker that will this feeling go away? And a lot of some people, even some ex smokers will tell you, ah, oh, it doesn't really, but what maybe what the bit they're missing is it, it really does, but there might be, you know, it's a bit like, um, occasionally when something happens in our life, there might be times where that feeling comes back a little bit, say somebody, uh, passes away. And at the time that person passes away, um, it's very intense and then you forget about it for a long time and then smoke stopping smoking can be a little bit like that and then maybe down the track it might just come up occasionally um, and that's a very true thing it gets less and less um, but you're so much stronger for it when it does pop up later that it's not a big thing it really is so much easier over time so yeah, okay, maybe the first few months of those things might happen. You might even eat a little bit more, sure. Recognize what's going on. Know that the long-term, you're gonna be better off for it. And the long-term, all those feelings will go away. But just re really do recognize what it is. Recognize it's a nicotine addiction because then that also empowers you to go, hang on, I don't need to replace anything here. Absolutely. What am I replacing? I don't, don't actually need to replace anything. 
I think that is exactly what was happening. I think the, the hit that I would get, which was so short, so microscopically tiny uh, in comparison to the, all the negative effects, the hit that I would get from a cigarette, or at least the idea, sometimes I think it's the idea of the hit that I'm going to feel so good when I smoke. And I think to replace that with sort of the, the hit that you get when you put something delicious in your mouth and you know, you're like, oh, this is so tasty or whatever it is. I think that's what, what was happening a little bit, you know, brain chemistry wise, that I'm getting this feeling of pleasure and comfort from the food. But I think I, it's wrong to equate the pleasure from eating with the pleasure, what the so-called pleasure of what I used to feel when I was smoking, because at least when I'm mm. eating, I'm, I am giving, it doesn't matter if I'm deep frying it, but I am giving my body some sort of nourishment. You know, if I know when to stop and beyond mm. a certain point, it's just, uh, I'm just collecting flab, but, or I'm putting a pressure on my, on my organs to digest all of this stuff. But the, at the core of it, I think eating, I don't think is something that, uh, for, first of all, I don't think, I don't see myself doing this forever. I feel like this, this will pass the moment the, the weather and the weather already mm -hmm. has changed. So I'm already feeling a less, much yep. less of an urge to deep fry everything around me. But I feel that, uh, the very fact of us taking the time, and I want to thank you for that, Adam, the very, the very idea that we can talk about this and you can put it into perspective for me by reminding me okay, it's not about the eating, that's what even non-smokers are doing, but that to focus on the fact that it's the addiction, the nicotine addiction. And I love that every time we talk, you underscore that, you highlight it, you, you put it in bold italics, you sprinkle it with little confetti, mm -hmm. and it just gets reinforced in my <laughs> mind, which makes it so much easier, you know, because as addicts, it's very mm -hmm. easy to kind of feel bad, to feel weak, to feel like, a loser and and by default i think giving up the habit just can make us feel really really strong until we get tempted and then that loser feeling sort of comes back to bash you on the head so i think it's very very empowering mm. what you're doing by reminding me that it's not it's not me it's that nicotine right like i don't want to smoke it's the nicotine addiction mm. in my brain trying to kind of control me except it can't anymore because I've pushed it away and I've pushed it away successfully for uh, more than two months. And as long as I keep my eye on the ball and don't get arrogant, I can keep pushing it away. I can sort of, with your support, with, you know, mm. making sure that I stay fit, that I stop deep frying everything around me, that I manage to kind of <laughs> recognize my triggers, that it, it is possible. And I, and I hope that people listening to this yep realize that no matter how hopeless it seems right now it doesn't matter if they're watching this or listening to this and looking at that pack on their table and thinking i can't throw that away yet i'm not strong enough trust me guys there will come a time when you will not have that pack next to you and you will not need it and you won't miss it because you will at some point feel strong enough to make that decision and if you don't and you need some help, Adam's, Adam's going to be right here waiting to help you out. You guys can also feel free to send in your questions, your comments, your own personal stories, because that's what this podcast is about. Right? It's a community of people who want to choose their health over nicotine. 
And Adam has been kind enough to share his amazing experiences and agree to kind of lead the way. Although he's like too humble and too Australian to ever call himself a leader of this, of this group. But I feel like we all need some direction that we want to travel in. And because he's kind of been doing this for eight years and he's done the research and he's, he's living it every single day, I think we couldn't have gotten a better uh, guide and a better uh, friend to, to be on this journey. Just going to take a quick break and come back with some interesting stories about how we can use analogies to approach this nicotine addiction. So if you were paying attention, Adam very briefly talked about how thinking about smoking as somebody who's passed away uh, helps because sometimes the grief is too intense when the person has just expired and you're kind of coping with the loss of that person in your life. And then the pain kind of gets less and less sharp and suddenly you see something or you smell something that reminds you of that person and the pain comes back almost as sharp, but it gets better with yours and you find better ways to cope with the grief, to kind of accept and, you know, let the person kind of live in your memory, but not to be uh, struck down by the grief every time. I think that's a great analogy, but I don't look at it that way. I look at smoking as a toxic relationship with an ex <laughs> so we're going to talk more about that <laughs> and we're going to speak about other analogies that could work for you or that other people have used and have worked for them after the break so we'll see you then stick around and coming up right now is a motivational message from adam Nicotine addiction is the only reason anyone smokes. Recognizing nicotine addiction is the reason you smoke is both empowering and will set you free. Choose you over nicotine. Hey everyone, thanks for sticking around and welcome back to the podcast. So before the break, we were chatting about things like food and how smoking uh, and food are so deeply tied up that when you, a lot of people, when they stop smoking, they start eating. And I experienced that big time uh, over the few days ago. And I was asking Adam how to kind of work that, like, why does it happen? How do you, how do you combat that? Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? And uh, you, want, you want to go back to also the other fun stuff we were talking about. Like you touched upon the analogy of, you know, looking yes. at the act of yes. smoking as somebody who passed away. And you want to do like a quick recap of yeah. that before I share my analogy of the toxic ex. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So really that, that analogy that I had was really saying, smoking can be a little bit like when pa someone passes away because, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's this intense period when it first happens, particularly, you know, if it's a shock and often it is, and you're very, you're highly emotional at that time. Uh, you know, you're sad, etc. You've got this feeling of loss. Um, but I would say, you know, you're focused on this highly emotional thing and you think, uh, oh, this is, this is awful. 
and then over time over weeks and months it dissipates and it gets less and less and then over the course of years it, you know a thought might pop up and it might be good bad or otherwise around that person um, but you deal with the emotions a lot easier and my and that's why I sort of had that analogy for smoking um, because smoking is like that at the first time when you stop um, yeah you can be a little bit emotional you can feel all these things and you can wonder um, you know hang on am I missing something here you know I can't relax anymore or I can't do this or that all these other myths which again which is something else we might talk about down the track yeah but um, all of those things sort of start to pop up in this emotional fragmented space at the time or what feels like that but really over time that what my really purpose of having that analogy is is to is the the point that time in that sense helps with stopping smoking because a lot of people think oh, i just won't this feeling won't go away do you know what i mean eventually mm -hmm. i'm going to break so what so why don't i just break now and i would say the feeling really does dissipate and it gets easier and easier to control and it pretty much does go away um, the only golden rule i would say is when it does go away or when it does dissipate we just need to make sure that we don't ever let it let us think that just having one is okay there, there's mm. a golden rule that i have is one cigarette is not okay because that's that's kind of like opening a carton again so i i, I just tail it off with that but look, I like, you've got another analogy, which I think when we had a chat before is even better because the one thing I don't like about my analogy is that it, it, it infers loss and, and there is no, I would say there is only gain here. So my analogy has got some flaws. Let's hear your one. It's even better. Yeah, yeah I, I agree because I think uh, initially I exactly felt like that. I felt like I was grieving the loss of, Simona the smoker as opposed to Simona the non-smoker you know the the me that I've like when I've been doing something for 26 years it's informed so many aspects of my personality you know so like I've met people who will be like what you're not smoking and uh, in the past when I had quit briefly and for them it was like wait if you're not smoking who are you you know and I may be exaggerating <laughs> and, and yeah. com comicalizing it a little bit but it is true that that when we forget or rather we uh, change uh, a certain way of being we just uh, feel a little sense of loss and a little sense of like wait a minute we're slightly disoriented but in this case i'm happy i'm happy to let that grumpy uh, you know stinky simona go because she was always just wondering when is she going to have her next cigarette and that's a shitty way to live. So I'm not going to grieve that loss. Good riddance. My good, good. analogy <laughs> is a little more Bollywood types. You know, it's like the, the toxic ex that, that there are times when yes. you're a little bit down or you're feeling a little bit bored or lonely or you, or you create these happy memories. You tap only into the happy memories. You forget about all the bullshit. You forget about all the gaslighting. You forget about the fights and the arguments and all the bad things. And you romanticize the relationship, even though it was toxic and you're missing the person or you tell yourself you're missing the person and you risk 
either drunk dialing them or sending them a stupid text like, oh, I miss you. I wish we could have what we used to have or some bullshit like that. And you risk bringing it all <laughs> back again. And I look at smoking like that, that every once in a while, I don't remember the hacking coughs. I don't remember the breathlessness. I don't remember the hole in my pocket for paying for stupid cigarettes. I don't remember, you know, the risk of, um, wait, why the risk? All the times that I got infected with bronchitis because my lungs were compromised. I don't remember any of that. All I remember is, oh, wow, I'm having coffee. It's raining. It would be so nice to have a cigarette right now like I used to in the old days. You know, I just romanticize yeah. it. And it's like, that's yes. exactly what I'm doing. It's a toxic, bloody ex who I want to bring back into my life. And uh, mm. I'm letting my guard down by forgetting the reason that they're an ex and uh, risking bringing them mm. back and starting the whole shitty cycle all over again. So I really like this analogy yeah. because it keeps me strong. It's I love like, it. Yeah, the friend who tells you, don't text him. If, you wanna, if you're drunk and if you're at a club and you're thinking about him, just text me. I'll come and pick you up from the club. Don't text him. You know, I think you're like that friend. Yes. You're like the, the sensible uh, 3 a.m. friend who's like, no, don't do it, bitch. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, you don't want to go down that road again. I don't want to go down that road again. Don't make me do it. So, yeah. I like yeah, that yeah. analogy. But, it's, uh, yeah. Me too. Me too. Me too. I was going to say, yeah, I like it too. It's a great analogy. It's even more, you know, succinct. It's just, this was a bad relationship. I tried to convince myself that it was a great one at the time, even though there was probably not a lot of good to it. Mm. And that's so true with smoking, isn't it? Like smoking, it's just, we've got all these myths out there around, which have been fed to us by tobacco companies, by the way, yeah. for years around why, yeah. why we, you know, you use the word romanticize. And I think it's a great one because we do that without even knowing it because movies have done that for years as we were growing up. It's still going on now. There's, there's shows that are out there, unfortunately, where it still happens. But it's, it's because it's, it's built up that way. We're con we've, we've been confused that we can romanticize something so, that tastes so bad, um, is so bad for us um, in the way that we do with sort of a bad, you know, with a bad ex or a toxic relationship. So I love it because it's, it's got the same, yeah, got the same uh, parallels to, to that. Smoking, yeah, and, so. and in terms good one, good one. Yeah, yeah, and and what I like is to take it a little bit further is the is the amount of time that you invest in a toxic relationship is uh, inversely proportionate to how easy it is to let go. You know, so I was in a in a shitty relationship with cigarettes for twenty years with nicotine for twenty six years, which should have been made it you know it should have made it easier to leave, and instead I'm thinking. And I'm, I've spoken to people who are who have been in bad relationships, and, and I'm like, why don't you leave? And they're like, no, but I've already invested so much time, and I've never understood that logic. I'm like, <laughs> so you're saying you already gave up so much of your life in this relationship that you need to continue to stay in it? Like, I don't get it. But as a smoker, that's exactly <laughs> what I did. And nicotine, the longer mm -hmm. you're in a relationship with it, the more difficult it is to get out of it it's extremely difficult but not impossible i think yep. the thing the next thing i want to move on to is exactly what you talked about the glamorizing bit and the romanticizing bit 
I mean, mm-hmm. even okay, let's let's think back. I, I mean, you and I are definitely going to remember this movie because we're that old. But you remember Greece, the movie Greece? Yes. With yep. John Travolta yep. and yeah, so the moment they wanted to take the Goody Two Shoes character of um, oh my God, I can't remember her name. Al- Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John. I knew there were three names, but I I didn't know which ones they were. Okay, Olivia Newton-John, they took her from being this goody two-shoes, sweet little good girl, and they wanted to make her this leather-clad badass. And it was incomplete without Mm. a cigarette because badass Olivia Newton-John definitely was a smoker. The the goody Mm. two-shoes wouldn't do that, but the badass definitely had a glamorous cigarette. And just... That's just one example. You know, if you look around every Mm, commercial, mm. every, I mean, now things are getting a little stricter. Uh, I don't know how it is in Australia, but in India, it's mandatory now that even in during a movie or even if they show a cigarette pack in a, in a commercial or something or a music video uh, and yeah, plenty of that in music videos uh, at the bottom, there's a ticker that that needs to say that smoking is injurious to health. Uh, please don't smoke. Tobacco leads to cancer. La la la. So I think that's one good step. But the point is, why are people still showing smoking like that? Why is it that the cool mm. guy with all the chicks, uh, you know, has to have a cigarette in his hand? And I mean, mm. why does why does the villain always need to show how how what a badass gangster he is by by smoking i mean come on you know yeah. why not just hold a rattlesnake or something i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah good point and the answers unfortunately probably because they the t- tobacco companies are probably funding the movie quite potentially i don't know if that's true of Greece, but it, it's it look hey that's that's me just putting something out there <laughs> i love I'm, conspiracy you know, well, theories <laughs> well yeah I love I'm, I'm well we we definitely know that the you know they used to pay a lot of money for advertising. So when you can't legally advertise anymore, you've got to you've got to get creative, don't you? Or you know find yeah. other ways to sell your nicotine. Um, so that's something that people should watch watch for. But yeah, I I I agree. I think it's um, you know it's romanticised about out there. There's and it and it sets up all these myths. Yeah, it's cool or it's relaxing or, you know, we talked about earlier, you, you know, sort of on the topic of food, you, you enjoy it with food, but you, you don't really because it actually tastes terrible and it kills your taste buds. Like you talked about, you know, your sense of smell, your sense of taste, but you know that the movie isn't going, showing you someone who's <laughs> choking and can't walk up the fucking hill. Oops, pardon. Can't walk up no, the hill. Okay. We can bleep it out. <laughs> do, uh, do, do you know what I mean? Uh, so, and, and that's because that, that doesn't sell, you know, yeah. being cool, you know, so, so yeah. So I just, you know, the uh, side of me says, well, if you can't pay for advertising anymore, you have to find creative ways of, you know, selling it through popping it into movies or things. And I've seen some shows recently, um, maybe German productions where maybe that's happening. Um, mm-hmm. So uh yeah i don't know it's yeah but what it's i do worth know thinking is about. There's, a, there's a lot of yeah yeah it is and there's a lot of it's worth probably worth us having a chat about really what some of the myths are i think around smoking or what some of those uh things are that we could explode out there a little bit around that and the realities behind them 
Nicely done, because that's exactly what we're going to do in our next episode, where we're going to be talking about myths to bust. And Adam's going to list them out. He's going to you know, go through them. He's going to talk about how they've been set up over time. And then he's going to bust them. And we can discuss. I mean, if you guys think that you want to add your thoughts to what are these myths around smoking that we've all been indoctrinated with since so many years either through advertising or you know just just the messaging that comes through when you see other smokers and smokers who talk to each other and in this whole aura around smoking so that's what's coming up in our next episodes so i hope you guys definitely join us for that finish off this uh, analogy thing so so Adam there's a couple more analogies that you know I kind of got from other people and one of them was mm -hmm. that uh, smoking is like this monster and you kind of have to keep them in check otherwise they're gonna like well destroy you so either you destroy the monster or the monster destroys you and I think it's a very I, I agree it's a little childlike but hey simple is good right because it cuts mm -hmm. through all oh, the like bullshit it. Yeah, and it's a very simple, yeah, simple, yeah. one-dimensional thing. It's bad for you, it's evil, and if you let it, mm. it will destroy you. Yeah, look, I really like that one. In this, It's actually very much how I approached it, to be, to be perfectly really? honest. Um, yeah, in, in a way, in a way, because I saw nicotine addiction as something, if I didn't feed it, it would die. It wasn't the only mechanism I used, but it was a way of thinking that I found helpful. Um, and when I got the urge to smoke or have nicotine and satisfy that addiction, I liked to think of this as, ah, oh, hang on, there's that, I don't know if I called it that monster, but I, I might've even written quotes myself before where I've called it that or suggested you could, because it's helpful to sort of recognize it and rename it from, you know, whatever that trigger might be. And we can talk about triggers another day as well, but Mm. to something that really you can recognize it as the addiction that it is and then and the way to stop an addiction is ultimately not to take it anymore and the and the good thing so if you look at the monster one you can say yeah well okay this is a monster but i can kill that monster quite easily by not by not feeding it and not feeding it nicotine and that is the easy way um to to stop nicotine addiction in the sense of the addiction that that keeps perpetuating itself. There's a few other arms to that, but yeah, I really like that. Yeah, and it's also very non, I like, I like your non-violent approach, which is that, you know, with the, the person uh, spoke of destroying the monster as opposed to being destroyed, but you're like, nah, just lock the bugger up and don't feed him. He's gonna die anyway. <laughs> I love it. And there's yes, the monster going, yeah, please, please, <laughs> just, just please, please. And you're like, nope, not gonna yeah. do it. Nope, you stay hungry, yeah. you die. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Here's, here's another here's here's another one. Um, uh -huh. I don't know if you like I don't know if you like this one, but you when you were saying that, I thought okay. The other thing is it's shrinking. So imagine it's like a balloon. Every time you're blowing air into it, you're building that thing up. If you just if you don't keep blowing air into it, so you don't smoke, it will shrink, and eventually it will you know 
that addiction, this big balloon will just eventually shrink the less and less air it's got in it. That's, okay. a, that's another way. Okay, that's the way, that my, the way that my devious <laughs> mind works, uh, I have actually met friends who have this really, okay, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it, stupid theory that just using your balloon analogy, if you don't blow into it, it'll deflate, right? It'll be just... Mm -hmm. But their approach yep. is, I'm going to just buy four packs and I'm going to smoke all of them until I'm so sick that I never want another cigarette again. I'm like, why would you do that? So okay. this, is, this is them doing the opposite, no. like blow okay. air into the balloon until it gets so big that it just explodes until, and there's until it bursts. no balloon. <laughs> and I'm thinking, mm. that balloon is you, okay. you fool. You know, you're, you're going to smoke those four packs yeah. and you're going to get so sick. And how, how is that? They call it, um, I think there's also another term for a lot of, in the past, I've come across this and I, I hated the idea. Uh, they call it aversion therapy. So somebody told me mm. to take a giant uh, glass jar, like, like a sort of, um, you know, like a cookie jar or something, but a very big one. And every time I smoke the cigarette to toss the butt in that jar and to keep it kind of half full of water you know so instead of using an ashtray you you finish smoking and mm -hmm. boom, you just toss in the the cigarette you can even tap your ash into that and then at the end of your smoke you just toss in the butt and then you keep doing this until it's either halfway or pretty much full all the way to the top depending on how much you smoke and how big the jar is and of course it okay. has a lid but when you are ready to quit smoking, okay, and now comes the disgusting part. When you are ready to quit smoking, you're going to unscrew the cap of that jar and you're going to take a deep whiff of that beautiful concoction in there. And apparently, now you and I both know, uh, with our memories of, I don't know about you because it's been eight years for you. It's only been two months and two weeks for me. But we both remember, I'm pretty sure, how disgusting that smell is. Mm, yep. And the, yeah, the theory, not a good smell. yeah, not a good smell. The theory is that if you are not grossed out by the smell, you should think and look at it and think that this is what my lungs look like, you know, all black and nasty and full of tar and clogged up and completely yep. disgusting. And if even that doesn't yep. help. True. Okay, are you ready for this? Don't 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 throw up on me, mm -hmm. Adam. If, okay, if okay. even that doesn't help, you pour out a little glass of that disgusting concoction and mm, drink uh, it. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, how that, is that? That's not a good way to go about it at all. I do not advocate it, and I think whoever came up with that no. is just a masochist. So. No, <laughs> you know, just yeah, I mean, no, yeah. just no. I'm, I'm not at, yeah, yeah. I'm certainly not into the drinking part. I mean, up until you said that part, I was thinking, okay, it could help some people. I'm, I don't know. Uh, I didn't need to do it, but that you know, there's a lot of different things you can add on that might help. Maybe, mm. yeah, maybe that, maybe that jar of smell it. Maybe smelling it might be enough to put you off. For mm. me, that's a bit of a remind reminder of bad sides but there's so many bad sides the thing is the the one problem with all of the, the sort of the negative therapies or and you know governments use the, the negative a lot um which is which is okay i mean we need to know that it's bad for us but it doesn't 
it doesn't stop you smoking, unfortunately. No. Um, no, in Australia, it's almost $2 million a packet. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit, <laughs> but it's extremely, extremely expensive to smoke in Australia now because over the years they've lifted and lifted the price. Now, has that stopped um, all, lots of people smoking? Not really because maybe some new people coming in, although I think there's incidents, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think there's incidents of younger people smoking again starting to rise, which yes. is really interesting in the context of lack of money and really expensive item. They're over about $1.20 per cigarette roughly here, um, wow. Australian dollars, which is a lot, which is a lot. Yeah, we calculated um, it, remember? And I said that I was going to make myself feel better by calculating mm -hmm. how many uh, rupees I'm saving by translating the, the cost. Over here, it's 165 rupees for the brand that I smoke for 10 cigarettes. So I said, I'm not going to think of it that mm -hmm. way. I'm going to think it costs the Australian dollars. <laughs> and that way, I feel like I'm saving a lot more money. And, you know, with like changing the yes. currency, just... just translating but the but i don't but you're right mm. it, it it never put me back put me off back then and i don't mm. think it puts off many smokers in india we even have uh, mandatory the other thing that has been made uh, a rule is uh, you know legally manufacturers have to put a picture horribly graphic pictures if i might add on cigarette packets mm. which depict yes these horrible effects of smoking and that's like cancerous tumors uh horrible like mm. you know uh, this these mouth infections and people with missing uh, like who've had to have their entire jaw removed surgically i mean oh but you know what people just yep. i i remember i just bought a very pretty box when i was on holiday in sweden and it was a box that had uh, that candy and on the surface was uh, on the cover was a picture of some beautiful hand-painted flowers. So I bought that box. The candy got over in no time at all. And I started keeping my cigarettes in that. So I would buy a packet of cigarettes with this awful picture on it. Mm. I would remove the cigarettes, toss away the pack, and put them in this very pretty box because I don't want to be reminded of those horrible things. So smokers yeah, will find a way. Exactly. We're, a, we're a devious lot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, the, and, the, but the, and the point is that really it's it's because that is not addressing the root cause of the problem we most smokers by now know that it's bad for them the extent yeah. of which it's bad and that it can give you gangrenous toes up through to heart disease yeah. and you know lung disease and cancer okay yeah we've got the same thing the packaging in australia has been like that for over five years now probably 10 mm -hmm. um but it doesn't the, the root cause is you know nicotine addiction and unless we're able to just jump straight to that and say, hang on, that's the problem and deal with that by, by choosing um, to, to not take nicotine and not smoke and knowing that we have that choice and understanding all the, the complexities around nicotine addiction and why it really is, you know, we, we just call it smoking so that we don't have to call it nicotine addiction. When we look at that and address the root cause, um, it gets a lot easier to stop smoking than just raising the price or showing us all these bad pictures, all of this negative stuff, because um, that, that stuff doesn't tell us why do we smoke? Um, and that's the problem. So I'll see all that bad stuff. And I used to do, even when I smoked, even eight years ago, I think those, those things were there. And I'd go, oh yeah, that looks really bad, but I'm still gonna buy it because I still want yeah. the cigarette. I already, I'm not gonna I already look knew at it. it was bad. 
<laughs> so it doesn't, yeah. So I guess my point is it doesn't stop you smoking. Yeah. Um, in fact, I knew of these friends in Europe who would make these jokes that uh, over there they would put warnings that cigarettes, uh, there were two warnings. One, that cigarette smoking uh, can uh, harm your pregnancy. And the other one mm. was that cigarette smoking leads to impotence. And the joke was mm. that when men would go to the store, uh, they would ask for cigarettes and they'd be like, oh, no, 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 I don't want this impotency one. Give me the one that says it'll harm pregnancy. I was like, seriously? Because it doesn't change the fact that cigarettes will still do that to you, you know? So, like, they didn't want the visual yeah. reminder and it became a sort of joke. Exactly. But, but, yeah, but, but coming, coming back to one last analogy, <laughs> which I really love simply because of uh, it connecting to a very, uh, a very, compelling message that you gave me the first time we spoke and I, I have never forgotten that and I keep that sort of on my mental blackboard. Um, the Greek myth of uh, Sisyphus, you know, where he was condemned to roll this massive boulder up the mountain, except that every time he would successfully and finally reach the top of that mountain, he would slip and the boulder would come running, rolling all the way back down and he would have to start again. And he is condemned to repeat this through history. Like he is trapped in that, right? So I look at it as right. smoking as this horrible uh, boulder, which you have to push all the way to the top of the mountain in the hope that you can throw it over the edge. Except it for, for other people, and I have friends who have quit. And you mentioned this, that you quit many, many, many times, that you never gave up yep. quitting. And that's the message that stuck with me, that never True. quit on quitting that if you feel you slipped up and you kind of fell back and went back to your old ways, it doesn't matter. you got to keep trying because it's at the end of the day an addiction and ultimately you can master it. It may take time. It may need, you may need help. Yes. You may need all kinds of different ways to approach it. But that the idea of, Oh, forget it. I've given up. You know, I'm just going to go back. So why bother giving up? I don't think that's a healthy attitude. I think the, I'm lucky that this is my only third try. And although I believe it is my final attempt, I know that in case I'm one day, you know, for whatever reason I slip up, it's not the end of my world. It's not the end of trying. I just have to get back on the wagon again and roll that boulder back up the mountain that it's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. To totally agree. Um, it's, yeah, it's sometimes it's, a, there's a few things to learn with giving up smoking. Some of us get there quicker than others, but yeah, definitely don't stop trying. Um, and I think continuing to smoke is really the, is that's the, that's the boulder pushing. Like, yeah. uh, you know, that's the smoking is actually the hard work, right? It actually, it's hard to smoke. It's hard to breathe in all that terrible stuff like because the first time you smoked you probably almost unequivocally most people don't like the first time they smoke when they no, think about they it, cough, you lose they it wanna, yeah they want to throw up they yeah, want to pass out yeah. it's it's very strong yeah 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 exactly so you know that it is hard work it's actually hard work to keep the addiction going we just don't realize it because it's an addiction you know what i mean so we sort of uh we think it's easier to keep it but it's not it costs us money it costs us our health all those things so it's really the it's really the pushing the boulder up the hill. Um, and the time, my God, the time that we, we spend smoking, oh, right? Because yeah. 
I mean, uh, this this post that you put up most yes. recently on Instagram, uh, it really hit me. Like you know, the 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 lady smoking in the rain with the, with that umbrella, all huddled up in the cold, and and that was me. That was mm. me in in like in restaurants, you know, where there's like pouring rain outside and there's two inches of space to. And I'm 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 like okay I can get drenched but my cigarette should not get wet <laughs> you know the cigarette was more yes. important than me and my friends are there in the restaurant yep. waiting for me to come back for dinner and I'm like no 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 I just need to step up for a smoke because the the addiction was was bigger than all of them was more important than all of them or or when I've traveled abroad yeah. and it's been so freezing cold that my fingers are numb but I will still go out there and 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 smoke because it's getting less and less. Thankfully, less and less acceptable uh, to smoke in a lot of places, and uh, you know, even yeah. movie earlier movie halls used to have a smoking space. Now you're stuck on mm. a fire escape, uh, you know, covered with bird droppings, and I see people still standing there. Mm. It was me as well with them, standing with them, and we're all like smoking like like these freaks, you know, <laughs> in the wind with all that disgusting mm. smell mm. around us. and we don't care because at that moment all we're thinking is we need our nicotine and i'm i'm very happy to, to not be that person who was wasting so much time and and being the social outcast mm. and and putting myself in all kinds of yeah, nasty and uh, sometimes uh, dangerous situations just so that i could get my nicotine yeah yeah and i was going to say that's a good point because you know saying that uh, i think on that post actually I, i was kind of you know lightheartedly saying oh you know it's you know i'm a smoke i'm a social smoker and i'm outside smoking on my own with an umbrella in the rain <laughs> and and i and i feel sorry for that person in a way because you know that's every smoker sometimes and it's it's and that's the power of addiction because it'll drive you out there even though you're no longer a social smoker at that point you're just an addict Um, yeah. or you you need it or you, or or you feel you need it you know you feel mm. you need it or you feel you want it you can t- you know you can tell yourself you feel you want it but you know by the time you're actually going out there on your own in the rain putting up an umbrella you know people do it because they need it a friend of mine uh who was at the time was about 55 built a gazebo in his backyard <laughs> so that he could go outside and smoke this guy was from Mauritius um <sighs> and his wife had said that's it no more smoking in the house you know that's out that's you know that stopped in the 80s you're going outside and he's like man it's too cold and raining out there i have to build myself a gazebo and you know what i thought that i'd forgotten about that story till till the other day and i thought wow he actually did do that so he probably spent 10,000 australian dollars building himself a house to smoke in outside really when you think about it so that is the power of addiction Uh, yeah that's a, a strange one, but, strange motivational but, story know. okay if you want to build a gazebo don't do it because you want to smoke there I mean, come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow wow so on that note Excellent. i think um yeah i think we've covered a lot in our first episode and i'm really happy with it and i hope everyone listening out there to adam and me uh feels a little bit more motivated if they're thinking of quitting If you've already quit and you're having trouble staying quit, this podcast is also for you because we're going to be sharing a lot of hacks, a lot of information, a lot of statistics, whatever floats your boat, because that's exactly what I need right now. So I'm going to be asking uh, Adam for a lot of guidance with staying quit because I've just only just begun on my journey 
of giving up nicotine addiction. So it hasn't been really that difficult because I'm in quarantine. But as soon as lockdown is lifted, I do believe that there will be several challenges I'm going to face that I'm going to be going running to him, you know, for help with. And, I, and I'm going to share those on this podcast. And he's going to be sharing those tips on this podcast. So stick around and do, do listen, do tune into our following episodes. Coming up is um, our next episode where Adam and I are going to be talking about myths. And Adam's going to list them out. He's going to bust them. And if you have any myths you want busted or any ones that you want to share uh, that how you busted those myths or how you discovered that they were uh, just, you know, empty information, please write into us, uh, ping us on Instagram or just let us know what you think. And we'd be happy to invite you on the show. So with that, um, Adam and I are going to say goodbye. Adam, you want to say goodbye to our listeners, our viewers? See you later, guys. Ciao. Okay, that's, that's Adam's one line. Okay, cool. Thank you, Adam. And thank you guys for listening. This is us, Adam and Simona from the Happy Ex-Smokers podcast. And we're looking forward to you becoming a happy ex-smoker. Just like us. Take care, guys. You have a good day. And we'll catch you in the next episode.